Um, we are on week five of our Home Sweet Home series, and our heart behind this is focusing in on, on the home. And we're using Matthew chapter five and the Beatitudes, and we, we've walked through several, and the reality that God desires for us to have uh, a sweetness within the home. He desires the home to be a place of blessing, but more times than not, there's a lot of division, a, a lot of tension, a lot of walls, a lot of resentment within the home, and it can kind of feel like there's like a dark cloud hovering over it. And we've been challenged over these past four weeks on what Jesus has to say about that. And hopefully you've been impacted. And today we're going to be focusing in on on our fifth uh, topic. But I'm going to give you a quick series recap. Uh, If you weren't here at all, all of our messages are online on our podcast. I would encourage you to check them out. Uh, Week one, we talked about having humility within the home. Uh, week two, we talked about what it means to hunger and thirst for righteousness in the home. Uh, the, the third week, we talked about how to establish mercy within the home. And last week, Pastor Troy talked about purity within the home and the importance of having that and, and what that looks like and how to fight for that in, in the midst of our current culture. And today, we're going to be talking about peace within the home. But before I hop into that, I would love to open us up in prayer this morning. God, I thank you for the opportunities that you give us to be in these environments where we can be challenged with your word. And I pray, God, no matter what's taking place in our homes and in our lives, that you would open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word today. God, that you would give us clarity with battles that we're facing with things that are happening within our lives and our, our homes. God, that you, you would give us a different perspective on situations and give us the godly wisdom we need for our homes. We ask for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, it says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And there's a key word in, in that scripture. It's the word peacemakers. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to describe two different things here. And one of them has to do with peacekeepers, which has to do with the Hunger Games, which I did not have in my mind when I was planning this. But I know that came out recently. So when some of you hear peacekeepers, you think of the, hum- you think of the Hunger Games, which is fine. But I'm talking about something else today. So you have peacekeepers and peacemakers. And Jesus says for us to be peacemakers within the home. So what's the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker? Peacekeepers avoid conflict to keep peace. Peacekeepers avoid conflict to keep peace. They don't address issues when they need to be addressed because they don't want to shake things up within the home. Peacekeepers kind of turn a blind eye to issues that need to be discussed, need to be addressed, need to be talked about because they want everyone to be happy and everyone to get along. But the thing about peacekeeping is it, for a while, it, it can convince us that things are okay and nothing's really going on. But when you're a peacekeeper, you learn to bottle up your emotion and bottle up conflict and situations that need to be talked about within the home. And one day, just like you got a Coke bottle and you're just shaking it up, that, that stuff's going to explode out and actually have more of an impact 
on the family than if the things would have just been addressed at the beginning. That's what a peacekeeper is. Jesus says to be peacemaker. So what does it mean to be a peacemaker? This is just my own definition. And peacemakers embrace conflict to make peace. So peacekeepers avoid conflict. Peacemakers address it and embrace it. They aren't, they aren't looking for conflict, but know how to properly embrace, address, and walk through conflict to find order, restoration, and healing through Christ. So think about your home right now. Think about your home right now. Instead of peace, we have blank. Just fill in that blank. Instead of peace in my home, we have blank. And the answers are going to vary here. Maybe it's division. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's uh, walls are, are up. Maybe there's resentment. All of the things that we're thinking about can be wrapped up in one word that I like to call conflict. Conflict within the home. Where there's conflict, there is a lack of peace. So the Bible is very clear, and based off the teachings of Christ, it's very clear. God wants to bless your life. God wants to bless your home with with peace. And we're going to look into what that looks like a little bit more. But you have peace here. You have conflict over here. And these things are constantly butting heads, where conflict's trying to get more room, and then peace is trying to get more room. And we feel this. We're like right in the middle of it, right? Conflict and peace. And what we have to understand is that conflict is going to happen in the home. Wednesday night, Lisa and I took our, uh, her, her father and my father-in-law out for his birthday to Maria's in Ralston. Amazing. Who all has been to Maria's before? Excellent. Very good. If you've never been, go. But their hours are weird, so look it up online before you go because you'll show up and the door is closed and you'll, you'll be frustrated. And then you'll come talk to me about it. Wednesday night, we, we took Kevin out to Maria's, and then afterwards, Lisa wanted to go to Shadow Lake to Old, Old Navy because they had crazy good deals. And I'm not a shopper, but I appreciate it. And if Lisa wants to go, I'm going to go because like, I like watching football, and she enjoys shopping, and we got to have balance somewhere. So we go, and we're driving down 84th, and we're turning on 370, and all of a sudden, I see these spotlights coming from the Shadow Lake area. And I'm just like, what is going on. Why are there spotlights at Shadow Lake? And the closer we get, the more I realize there are cars like everywhere. And my plan was to drop her off in front of Old Navy because she just wanted to look at like a few shirts. And I was just going to kind of drive around and maybe park and then come pick her up when, when she was done. Um, and then we pull in and they have like it barricaded, like where Old Navy is, like all, all the way up. There's a Christmas tree and like elves running around everywhere. I was really confused. And there's all these people going toward this tree. And it was the most crowded I've ever seen in Shadow Lake. And obviously, they were doing some tree lighting thing. And if you were there, I'm sure it was tons of fun. But I dropped Lisa off and went and parked far away from everyone else. And sure enough, like, everyone else started parking. And people were around me. And families were getting out of cars, walking toward the tree. And they were getting out really frustrated and, like, yelling at each other. And I'm like, guys, that's not the way to act during the holidays. Like, you love each other. Like, don't do that. And then after about 30 minutes or so, I texted Lisa. I was like, hey, do you have, like, an estimated time, you know, just so I can know? Like, I can sit here. I can get out. And I made the decision to get out and go in Old Navy just to wait in there. As we are checking out, whatever was happening outside with that Christmas tree ended. 
And everyone started going back to their cars. And all these young children started flocking into Old Navy. And I could see it in the employees' eyes, like, are you kidding me? Where are these kids' parents? I don't know. I just want to get out of here, right? And we, we check out and walking back to our car. And we're starting to realize at the same time, everyone's leaving Shadow Lake at the same exact time. Mind you, this is the most crowded I've ever seen Shadow Lake in my entire life. And there's already lines and lines of cars. And I begin to get frustrated, not with Lisa, with the situation, but the way that I choose to handle my emotions communicated to her that I was frustrated with her that she wanted to go shopping, right? So there's conflict taking place. And it literally took us 30 or more minutes to get out of the Shadow Lake parking lot. And the frustrating part for me was five minutes earlier, we would have been home. So I had a moment of conflict where I was frustrated. And I actually had to put into practice the things that we're talking through today. But it was a moment of frustration that we had in our home. And conflict happens within the home. And we can't think that it's not going to because it will. So the question is, how do you respond when conflict happens? Because my dad told me growing up, and as soon as I got out on my own, he said, cars have issues, guaranteed, no matter how good your car is. Save money so that when it happens, you have the finances to take care of it. And it's the same thing with with peace and conflict in the home. Conflict is going to happen. What are you doing now to prepare for that? conflict. How do we respond when conflict comes? Because conflict comes in all shapes and sizes. It can come from from words that are being said, words that were misunderstood, words that were spoken that probably shouldn't have. It can come from different parenting styles, and maybe you're butting heads with your spouse on how to discipline one of your kids. Conflict comes with decisions that are made within the home, financial situations, but how do we respond when conflict comes? Are we surprised by conflict? Do we shut down when conflict comes? Do we ignore conflict? I've been married a little over six months, having the time of my life. I love my wife, Lisa. And something I have learned is that conflict is going to happen in home. Conflict happens in marriage. And believe it or not, it's actually a sign of a growing and healthy home. And a growing and and healthy family because when there's conflict, it means that people are learning to be vulnerable with each other and they're learning to be transparent. But we have to know how to properly walk out that conflict with godly wisdom because I don't know about you, but when I try to do it in what I think is best, it usually backfires fairly quickly and I end up hurting a lot more people than I would have hoped. Any home is going to experience conflict, but the way that we choose to handle conflict is what is most important. If we want to have the peace in our homes that Jesus spoke about, we must learn how to handle conflict with biblical wisdom and not our own ideas. A couple characteristics of homes that lack peace. There's, there's, there's two things that I believe a home that doesn't have much peace that they are low in. And the first thing is this, that a home without peace is, is low in trust. A home without peace is low in trust. When trust is low in a home, people don't feel that they can be honest with each other. It may feel like you're always walking on eggshells and just don't want to mess things up or don't want to step out of line. You don't feel like you can really trust those that are closest to you. 
It may feel like there's a dark cloud hovering over your home and you're unsure about how people will react when conflict comes and that puts a fear within your heart. Where there is a low level of trust in a home, there is a low level of peace. So a lack of trust leads to a low level of peace. I'm going to put this mic down real quick so I can get a drink of water. Hold on a second. Usually we have like a mic for my head, but it broke for a service, so I'm having to adapt. I've been drinking water for 27 years, so I got it down pretty good. Thank you. So homes that are low in peace, they're low in trust because there's really not the level of relationship that God intends for us to have because there's division, there's walls, there's things that aren't being discussed. And secondly, a home that's low in peace is low in security. A home that's low in peace is low in security. That the home and family are meant to be a place of safety and security for every member of the family. That's the way that God designed it and the way that God wired it. Family stands together, family supports, family locks arms. The home was created to be a safe place. But when there's a lack of security, these are things that usually happen with that. It's like, we don't want to be in the home. We'll find any excuse we can just to get away from the home. Like, I'm going to take the long way home from work just so I don't have to spend as much time there. It's a place we want to avoid because we're uncomfortable, because there's no security. Where there's low level of security in a home, there's a low level of peace within the home as well. Low trust, low security, low peace. Romans 12, 17 through 18 and 21, it says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace. With everyone. Do all that you can. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And I love the part of this verse. It says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Because that's important for us to understand because as human beings, you and I have a natural desire to try to control other people. The Bible talks about our sin nature or our, our flesh. That's our natural tendency to live independently and rebel against God. That thing is the thing that causes us to want to control other people. And when this verse says, do all that you can do, that's us realizing I have to let go of my desire to control other people. And when we hear this verse say, do all that you can do, because when there's conflict happening within the home, a lot of times our natural reaction is to point fingers at other people and say, well, if they would stop doing blank, then I would be okay. Or if they would start doing blank, then things would change. And sometimes that is the case. But what's most important for us this morning is to turn our focus inwards toward ourselves and ask, what is my role to establishing peace within my home? What is God asking me to do. Not what is God asking my husband, not, not what is God a- a- asking my kids to do. It's what is God asking me to do. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So think for a moment 
about yourself as a door into your home. You are a door into your home. And Christ wants to flow through you to establish peace within your home. You are the vessel. You are the door. Having peace within your home, the peace that Christ wants to give your family, starts with what Christ is doing in you. The life that you choose to live before him. That is where it all begins. So today I'm going to walk us through four biblical principles that deal with conflict and how to handle conflict properly within the home so that you and I can learn to establish peace within it. The first point is this. In order to begin to establish peace within the home, we have to, and this is very hard, we have to learn to talk less. Talk less. I've been studying the book of Proverbs in my own time, in my daily time with the Lord, and and it, it's amazed me. Like, I've read through the Proverbs a lot. Like, I grew up in church, and like, I've always read the Bible, but, but like, you know, being here for the past five and a half years and being married, like, like God's word has just come alive to me even more, and like, I find myself in it. And there's so many scriptures in Proverbs that, that, that connect wisdom to our words. And even along with that, wisdom along with the words that we choose not to speak. And it challenges me to know that many times conflict happens within the home because the reality is we're talking too much. Or we're not, we're not using the right words. We have to learn to talk less. So peace in the home has to do with the words we choose to speak. And in the same way, peace in the home has to do with the words that we choose not to speak. Talking less. Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. it says this. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. And I love this verse because what this verse is saying is that our words can make a wise person look foolish and a lack of words can make a foolish person look wise. So for me, I'm like, if I want to seem smarter than I am and wiser than I am, I'm going to learn to shut up a little bit more. That's, that's what this verse is saying. That our, our, our words, they carry weight. And the words within our home, they carry weight. What you're speaking over your children, they carry weight. What you're speaking into your marriage, it carries weight. Our words carry weight. I find when, when we're having conflict within our home, I can begin to ramble. When like it's a heated discussion, who else kind of rambles out there? Maybe you're not aware of it. You probably do. And I've known with me, when I ramble during those discussions, two things happen. One is I say things that don't make sense, and things might come out of my mouth, and I'm like, I don't even, I don't, okay, I'm not even sure what that meant. But, And secondly, is we, we say things that we don't mean that actually really hurt the person that we're saying them to. And that's why we have to realize that our, our words and how we choose to use them can either build up or tear down our, our home and either bring more conflict in it or begin to establish the peace that Christ talks about. If we want to feel that and sense that peace and experience it, we need to learn to talk less and away our words. So the reality is with family, there are times when our words are like spears within the home and and we're throwing our, our spears and they're they're missing people sometimes. Sometimes they hit people dead on. And when it comes to family, a lot of times we'll throw our, our spears harder 
and faster, and we take out our frustration on someone else. We have a bad day, we get critical, we get harsh, and these things begin to come out through our words. And all of a sudden, instead of a home being a safe place and a place of security, our home becomes a war zone where even innocent people are getting wounded by the words that we choose to use. Holding your tongue. The book of James talks about taming the tongue. And it says, if you can tame the tongue, you can tame anything. So some of us in here today might be thinking, you know what? It is so hard for me to not talk. And like, it's hard for me to tame my tongue because there's times when like my spouse or my kid will say something. I have like the perfect comeback that I just want to throw my spear and I want to throw it so that they understand. And the Bible says, hey, hold, hold your tongue. Be careful with the words that you choose to speak. We may be thinking it's so hard to hold my tongue. You're asking me to do something that I can't do. And my response to that would be fantastic because you can't. You can't. The Bible is clear apart from Christ. We are a slave to our sinful nature. And if you're here this morning and you're realizing I can't tame my tongue, what a great opportunity for you to say, I can't, but Christ can within me. God, I need you to help me tame my tongue and weigh my words. It's so, so important. Proverbs 16, 24, it says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. So we have to learn how to encourage our, our, our home, our, our, our family, learn to speak words of life, words that are going to build up. And some people in here this morning, because of things that are happening right now, you'd say, you know what, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like speaking words of life. I, I don't feel like encouraging my home because of this. And I would challenge you in that and say that your love for your family is not based off of how you feel. Your love for your family is based off of a choice that you make. There's a massive difference in that. Even with your marriage, your marriage is not about the love that you feel. It's, it's about a commitment that you made before God to choose to love that person and serve that person every single day. It impacts our home. Proverbs 18.21, it says, The tongue can bring death or life. The tongue can bring death or life. It can either build up or it can tear down. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. We have to learn how to speak the truth in love. Because I'm saying talk less, not don't talk. There's things that need to be addressed within your home, but we have to learn how to do it in godly wisdom. And speaking the truth in love, because if we were honest, we have the speak the truth part down, but the in love part we kind of struggle with. When learning to talk less, we must carefully weigh the words that we choose to speak and the times that we choose to speak them. Because certain things could be heard in one environment and accepted, and yet, yet it could tear someone apart in a different environment. And we have to say, God, I need your wisdom on how to talk less and how to talk rightly in my home to help establish peace and to walk through this conflict. So to begin to establish peace within your home, learn to talk less. Secondly, we have to listen more. Talk less, listen more. James 1.19, it says, Understand this, dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen. Quick to listen. 
slow to speak and slow to get angry. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept discipline. Listen to advice and accept discipline. And in the end, you will be counted among the wise. Be quick to listen. Listening can be challenging because we hear people all the time, but we don't really listen to people all, all the time. Like hearing is like, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not really processing it. It's kind of going in one ear and out the other, but not completely. Listening is, I am listening to your words. I'm listening to the emotions behind your words. I'm trying to figure out why you feel this way. There's a big difference. And listening can be challenging because oftentimes it means accepting hard truths about ourselves that someone in our home chooses to speak to us in, in, in love and listening to it. Listening more means... I respect my family members enough to give time to what they're saying. That I'm not just listening to respond, I'm listening to listen. I'm, I'm trying to pick up the emotions, the, you know, the, the, what's behind their words. It's highly important. Because a lot of times we think we're listening and we really aren't. Because the reality is when someone's talking, we're not listening. We're processing what we're going to respond with. And because of that, we're not really hearing and feeling the words that are being spoken. We have to learn to listen more. So many times, conflict comes because we have listening problems within the home. We don't give room for the opinion or the input of other people. And when we choose not to listen, it can quickly bring division and tension within the home. And say there's a conflict happening and you're having a heated discussion within your home with your spouse or maybe one of your kids... And if there's not listening taking place in that moment, it's going to escalate very quickly to have even higher levels of anger and frustration and bitterness and resentment because we just aren't listening and being intentional about it. Listening is a choice. And James, it says to be, be quick to, to listen. Be intentional about listening in your home, especially during times of conflict. Because whatever conflict you might be experiencing, God has made a way out. And we have a responsibility to be obedient and, and listen and, and honor and respect, even in the midst of it. There's all these cool rewards that come with listening in your home. And the more that we listen, then the more we can get the heartbeat of what's happening within our home. The more that we listen, then the more that we can get clarity on struggles and issues that are happening within the home that are a constant um, reason that we continue to experience conflict within the home because we're choosing to listen. Choosing to listen gives more opportunity to deepen relationships within the home because you're, you're hearing the heart of your family. Listening takes self-control. And listening is tied directly to that first point of talking less. If I just choose to talk a little bit less, I'm going to have a little bit more time to listen. When conflict is happening within our home, we have to find a balance with both. Because, like I said, there's issues that might be happening within your home that are causing conflict today. God wants to give you the wisdom to talk that through in the right Way He doesn't want you to ignore it. He doesn't want you to be a peacekeeper. He wants you to embrace conflict and to know how to walk it out with godly wisdom. 
and he also wants us to listen. There's, there's balance with both. So to begin to establish peace within the home, I have to learn to listen more. Those first two points I was able to do Wednesday night when we were sitting in front of like TJ Maxx trying to get out of Shadow Lake. I tried to talk less and I, I tried my best to listen more. This third one I could not do, even though I could have done, but it would have been really rude and disrespectful and uncomfortable. The third is to know when to step away. I could not do that Wednesday night in our Jeep when it was running to get out of my car and just walk away. That's not what God wanted me to do in in that moment. But there's times in life, times in marriage, times in family when we have to know when it's proper to step away and what that looks like. Proverbs 20 verse 3, it says, avoiding a fight is a mark of Honor. We've heard that word a couple of times, honor. Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. So according to this verse, it's honorable to avoid fights. And it's, it, it's foolish to continue in one. Fighting and quarreling are two common words that we find within our home. So what's our responsibility in that? I think it's found in Proverbs 25, 28. It says, a person without self-control, self-control, self-control is like a city with broken down walls. And I read that verse a couple weeks ago, and I started thinking, man, like, I could use more self-control in, in my life. And like, what does it mean to be like a city with broken down walls? And when you think about times back then, you read through the Old Testament, People say the Bible is boring. You're not reading the Bible that I'm reading. The Bible is, is not boring. And like you read through the Old Testament, there, there's all these wars and, 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 and there's cities with, with, with walls up. And the reason you have walls up around your city is because you don't want to get overtaken by the people next to you. Because the reality is it could happen, right? We don't, we don't deal with that issue here in this country. And when there's broken down walls, there's gaps in walls, which makes the people inside vulnerable to attack and in a place of vulnerability. And when you and I choose to not have self-control in the midst of conflict within the home, we make ourselves vulnerable. We make our family members vulnerable. When we don't have self-control, we usually run over people's walls and boundaries and end up hurting them in the process. Peace in the home is up for grabs when we choose to remain in unhealthy situations. So what does it mean to step away? I think there's a couple of things I want to talk about when it comes to knowing when it's proper to step away. One has to do with when you're actually in a a discussion or an argument with someone within your family, we have to have the self-control that according to Scripture can only come from the Holy Spirit to step back and step away. So for me, if if I'm having... uh, a discussion with Lisa and it's obvious that, you know what, things are getting a little heated. Like I need to understand it's right and proper for me to say, you know what, right now I just need to step away, let my emotions settle down. And we can talk about this in an hour because right now nothing that's being said is being received. It's okay. And it's proper to, to do that. We have to understand what that looks like. Stepping away can be challenging because think about the last time you had a heated discussion with someone within your family or a disagreement. Good chance with the amount of people in here it happened this morning, maybe over the holidays because spending time with family isn't always like peaceful, right? Because people say things and it gets annoying. 
when you're in that discussion, this is what it has felt like to me. I feel like when I'm having a, a misunderstanding or a disagreement, whether it's with my wife or maybe someone else in my family, like I feel like there's ropes attached to my body that are constantly pulling me toward that, that discussion. And it's like, I don't want to be a part of that discussion, but I'm feeling drawn to it and I'm feeling drawn deeper and it's making me more frustrated and making me more angry and making me more anxious and intense. And that mental picture I, I think is a good mental picture for what it feels like to be like, I need to step away, but I can't. I need to step away, but I can't. And the Bible says, have self-control. When, it, when in conflict, self-control is our greatest ally. We have to ask the Holy Spirit for what we don't have, and that's the ability to step away, the discipline of having self-control. Sometimes self-control means I'm going to step out, and sometimes self-control is saying, God, give me patience to have this discussion. Because I don't want people to leave today and then have a disagreement that you actually need to talk about and say, well, Brent told me to step away, so I'm not going to talk about this. It's like, no, there's things that need to be discussed within your home, and maybe the self-control that you need is saying, God, give me the self-control to have patience to talk through this. Secondly, stepping away might mean stepping away and stepping toward people that can help you. There could be an issue taking place in your home that is a root cause of conflict. Stepping away and reaching out for help is huge when it comes to dealing with conflict and establishing peace within your home. Because other people are going to be able to help identify and give you clarity on issues, problems in your home that are actually causing conflict that you might not be fully aware of. Someone has been where you are, and I think someone's supposed to hear this today. Someone has been where you are. Let them help you. Someone has been where you are. Someone has been where your family is. Let them help you. But here's, here's what we do as human beings. I have this big group of people over here that could probably help me, or not probably, that can help me, and I choose to go all the way over here. We talked about our, our sinful nature. I, I, I mentioned earlier that natural desire, you and I have to rebel against God and do life our own way. Our sinful nature causes us to isolate. I'm, I'm going to live over in, in, the, in the dark. Those people probably can help me, but I'm just going to stick here because I'm comfortable. And what I'm referencing today is not what's happening in here. This is awesome. There's a ton of people here, but you can't start to talk to someone next to you right now about the biggest struggle that you're having in your life because you're in a service. It's just not the place to do it. You're not comfortable. You're like, who's going to hear me? I'm, I'm just going to be a distraction. We do a thing here called life groups where you can become a part of a group of people that can support you and love you and, and walk life out together. And God actually uses that environment to bring growth and to deal with conflict because someone's been where you are. Let them help you. I can think of a, of a married couple here within the church that for the past year and a half have been having conflict in the marriage because of financial issues, which is very, very common. And because they were plugged in a life group, they were able to get on and stay on a budget because someone within their life group loved them enough to show them how. 
And the conflict that they were having within the home was dealt with because they stepped away and stepped towards somebody that could help them. I can think of so many parents that are part of life groups that are trying to figure out how to parent. And you're you're trying to navigate the waters of parenting because you've never been a parent before. And you don't know what's normal, what's not normal. And so many parents that have been encouraged that what they're doing is right. That what they're experiencing is not abnormal. That they're not failing as parents because they're plugged into a life group and that, that conflict was being dealt with because they, they chose to step away and step toward getting help. Sometimes conflict continues in the home because we won't lay down our pride and allow other people in. And I just want to speak truth today. If you're not willing to let other people in, you can't expect change to happen within your life because you're actually shutting the door on the power of God that's available to you through the people that he's placed around you. Life groups. If you're not in a life group and you want to be in one, put on the response card. Say, I want, I want information on life groups. There's room. So in order to know how to properly handle conflict and to establish peace, we have to learn to talk less. We have to learn to listen more. We have to really understand what it means to learn how to step away. And the fourth one is this. We have to make Scripture a big deal. Make scripture a big deal. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is living, active, powerful, That Bible that you have is living, it's active, and it's powerful. It's God's spoken word, and it has the power to transform who you are in your home. We don't really realize this in the country that we're currently in, because the reality is many of us have many Bibles at the house And we don't realize there's people around the world dying to get one page of Scripture because they know that it has the power to change who they are because it's it's God's spoken word. Make Scripture a big deal. I know for me that peace in my home is fed when I choose to live in and live out God's word. When I choose to make Scripture a big deal, my home is impacted. When I make the decision, you know what? Every day when I get up, I'm going to have my cup of coffee. I'm going to have my eggs. I'm going to get my Bible out. I'm going to read. I'm going to seek God in his word. I'm saying, God, open up my eyes. What are you speaking to me today? Because I need it. I I need to know how to lead my wife. I need to know how to lead my family. I need to know how to become the man that you created me to be, to lead and to make a difference. God's word is active, alive, and powerful common thoughts that happen when we begin to make scripture a big deal in the home is when we have conflict and when we have issues because they will come our thought is going to be what does the bible say about this issue what does the bible say about this topic what does the bible say about my attitude and my heart and how i'm supposed to react and how i'm supposed to respond in this As we make scripture a big deal in our home, all of a sudden we begin to build our family values on things that last. We begin to filter our our decisions through the truth of God's word. 
we begin to handle conflict better because we are learning how to handle conflict rightly with godly wisdom. It doesn't mean that we're perfect, but we're walking on a more stable path than when we try to do it on our own. Our own wisdom in the midst of conflict, because you have conflict and you have peace. And conflict is trying to steal every bit of peace, everything that God wants to do within your home. My own wisdom, it throws spears. My own wisdom isolates. My own wisdom mishandles conflict. God desires to give us peace in our homes. But if there's one thing you hear today, hear me on on this. If we choose to take God's word lightly in our homes, the peace we experience is going to be a mile wide and an inch deep. And that is no peace at all. Peace is only as strong as the foundation that you choose to build it upon. Make scripture a big deal. Psalm 119, 130 says, The teaching of your word, it gives light. There's battles that you're facing within your home today that you feel blind to because you don't know what the issues are. And then when you think you figure it out or you start to circle it, you realize there's something else that I don't understand. And the Bible says, my word gives you light. We just don't choose to turn that light on because that Bible just sits in the same place and we're desiring change in the home. We desire God to do things and we're not even spending time seeking him on our own in his word thinking that God's just going to change things. I don't have to do anything. And, and God does that a lot. God moves in ways when even we don't do anything, we don't deserve it. The gospel and the cross, Jesus dying for you, for your sins, was something you did not deserve, something that we didn't even do. And Jesus stood in our place and gave us grace and, and, and mercy. But there's a level of responsibility that God's like, hey, if, if you want home sweet home, if you want to see me do things within your, your, your home and your family, are you not seeking me? Are you not laying aside time every day to seek me in my word and trust that I'm going to do what I promised to do? How important is God's word in your home? The second part of that verse, it says, so even the simple can understand, I am not that smart. I'm from Tennessee, okay? Any bit of wisdom that I have in in my life is a direct result of God's word, what God's spoken into me, what God's poured into me. So even the simple understand makes scripture a big deal. How important is God's word in your home? How important is God's word to you? your answer to this will have a direct impact on how you walk through conflict and how you experience the peace of Christ within your home. And you may say, why, Brent? Why? Why does my answer to how important is God's word to me in my home, why does that have such a big impact? It goes back to what I said at the very beginning, because you are the door that Christ wants to flow his peace through based off what he has done in your life and what he's doing in your life. So the most important thing to have a home sweet home is to get right with the Lord and focus on my relationship with him and realize that how I impact my family is gonna be a direct result of what Christ is doing in my life. 
peace in the home starts with what Christ has done, what Christ is doing in me. I am the vessel. I am, I am the door. And my question for us today is, are we making ourselves available to Christ every day? Not just coming to church every now and then. God wants you here at this church so you can serve and make a difference in other people's lives when that time in your life comes, sometimes it's coming just to absorb and and think. I understand that. But God has so much more than just an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning. We have an opportunity to know the God of the universe that created you, that gave you purpose, that knows how to satisfy and fulfill you. Are you making yourself available to him? If you guys will close your eyes for me, I'm going to wrap us up with a couple thoughts. You might be here today, and when you hear me talking about what Christ is doing in you and what Christ has done in you, you 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 might not be able to point at anything and say, you know what, this is what Christ has done in me, maybe because you haven't come to that point of accepting Jesus into your life, which means I realize I'm a sinner. I realize I've messed up. I admit that my sins and my mistakes and my rebellion separated me from the love of God. And Jesus took my sins upon him, took my place on the cross, gave his life for me so that I can live. Have you come to that place yet? I pray that God speaks to your heart today about the weight that comes with that and what that means for you. Maybe you're here today and you've been challenged in some way thinking about your home and conflict and and peace and you desire to have that peace, but you're experiencing more conflict and hopefully you are challenged and encouraged today with talking less and listening more and knowing when to step away and making scripture a big deal that something you heard today that God's asking you to accept that challenge and walk it out and live it out. So I want to talk to that first group real quick. If you're here and you'd say, Brent, I've never accepted Christ into my life. Or you know what? I did at one point, but I've drifted and I want to come back. I just want to see your hands. The most important decision of your life. So I can know to pray for you. Thank you. Maybe you're here today and I, I want to challenge you. Don't let the enemy steal that which Christ is trying to do within your home. Stand up, fight for your family. Fight for your family. Fight for your family. And if there's something about this message today that we've heard based off of the scripture and the truth of God's word, that you want to fight for your family. And you know there's something that God's calling you to do. I just want to see your hand so I can know to pray. Even in the midst of conflict, the peace of Christ is available. But what will we do? Thank you. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son who's promised you will have trouble in this world but you can have peace at heart because I've overcome it. God, I pray for those that are here today that may not have that relationship with you, that you would speak to them in this moment about what it means to admit their sins and what it means to accept the grace of God upon their life for the the cross of Christ. Open up their eyes to see that. God, I, I pray for all of us in here today, as all of us are part of family, 
God, that you would give us wisdom and understanding on what it looks like to stand up and fight for our family. And that most importantly, we would not lose sight that what's happening in me, what Christ is doing in me is the most important thing that my family needs, that we would stand up and be the men and women of God that you called us to be. We ask these things in your name.